0: Well, good morning, my name is Lisa, like they said, and I get the privilege of leading missions and outreach here at Four Corners. Um, Today, I'll be filling in for our lead pastor, Ben, who is on a much deserved vacation with his family. Um, He and his wife, Jill, had the opportunity to take their family to the Philippines through Jill's employer. So the staff and I are just thrilled to be able to jump in and help make that happen any way we can. Um, We're blessed to serve alongside of such a great leader who invests in our lives in um, so many ways. Um, Today, I'll just be sharing with you some stories of how God has worked in my life and the lives of the girls that we serve as a church over in southern India. Um, A lot of you are involved um, with the girls that we serve there over in an orphanage and a church planning ministry. Um, A lot of you, you know, sponsor children over there through our child sponsorship program. Some of you have participated in um, some of the fundraising campaigns that we've done recently. Um, We've just recently repaired a roof on their dorm. We've built um, a clean water well, a baptismal, a church. We've done all kinds of things there. Um, We've connected with that place through someone who attends Four Corners. So um, before I get started with these stories, though, let me just go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to just share in your faithfulness with these people. Um, I pray that um, my words would be from you. I pray that um, you will just speak to our hearts the way only you can today, Lord. Um, It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, um, I'm not speaking to you today because I'm qualified. I didn't go to Bible college or anything like that i 'm um, speaking to you today because you have a pastor who is fully committed to the work that not only goes on inside this place but outside these walls in our community and in the world. Um, if I had a verse that described um, my life and kind of how I got here, it would be this one um, that you can read along with me um, i 'll read it to you you can just follow along on the screen um, it 's in First Timothy one in verse 15. Um, I didn't grow up going to church, um, but my oldest brother, who's about 20 years older than me, um, took me for a couple years when I was really young. And we would go to this small little Catholic church in Batavia, and in the um, moldy kind of dark basement of that Catholic church was their children's ministry. And me and my nieces and nephews would go there on Sunday, and we'd sit around a folding table and chairs, and we'd listen to this little old lady tell us Bible stories, and sometimes we got a coloring page, and that was about it. Um, But that was the first time I'd ever heard that Jesus loved me and wanted a relationship with me. Um, The only thing I really knew about Jesus before that was that he was this scary guy that hung on a cross in the front of most churches with blood dripping from his forehead and kind of gushing out of his side, and honestly, it just scared me. Um, Don't know then if I really believed what she was saying, but I know seeds were planted. Um, If you fast forward my life to my teenage years through like my mid-20s, Um, I definitely did not believe there was a loving God. Um, I walked around with a constant kind of void in my life, Um, a longing I didn't know where it came from, a a hole in my heart that I tried to fill with all kinds of things. Um, Most of those things weren't very good things. They were bad things. And, um, you know, every time at the end of the day, I would feel lost and just not sure what's going on. Um, And it led me to a really kind of dark, depressed place. Um, Eventually, I met my husband, um, about a year later, we had our first son, and I knew the moment that I saw him, I wanted more for his life. I did not want him to go through that void in life that I was feeling, and I knew that if I was going to teach him that, I had to figure it out for myself. So at that point, that was the very first time I really thought, you know, maybe maybe I need to go to church. Maybe I should go to church. didn't actually go, um, but I thought about it at that point, Um, And then one day when we were out away from our home um, with my son and my husband, um, a local church down the street had an outreach in our community. And even though we weren't there, when we came back, I noticed that there was something on our doorstep. And we got out, there was this small little pumpkin sitting on our doorstep. It was fall time. And there was a small card next to it that said, just showing God's love in a practical way. Um, I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, we weren't even there. The church left us something for free. So we took the pumpkin in and probably decorated it or something. I took that card um, that had that information of that church, and I just kind of threw it in my junk drawer and didn't really think about it um, much past that point until about several months later when I came across it. um, We were going through a pretty um, dark place in our marriage. So I looked at that card, and I thought, you know, maybe, maybe it's time we check out church. So we decided to go to that church down the street. We checked it out. Um, I was very apprehensive about it. I thought it would be just a bunch of Christian people kind of looking down their nose at us, you know. But when we got there, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, There were people smiling and saying hello at the door. There was free coffee inside. Never seen that before in a Catholic church. Um, The music was incredible. My husband's a musician, so he just loved that. We went in and they were playing, you know, it wasn't an organ, it was electric guitar and drums, and they were playing this powerful music that really had a lot of meaning to me um, at that time in my life. So um, we started attending that church, and a few weeks in, I get a phone call from the children's ministry there, and um, they say that the son, my son was attending their, their, class on Sunday. And he said they needed some volunteers in that class. Right away, I told her I knew nothing about the Bible. Um, She assured me that was not a problem. And um, you might have got the phone call. And uh, anyway, she said, it's not a problem. We just need people to help with snacks and crafts and make sure kids don't get lost. So honestly, back then, I saw the kids' ministry as free babysitting on Sundays, so I felt a little guilty. So I said, okay, I'll go ahead and volunteer once a month. So I would um, go there, sit on that carpet on that floor with those kids, and learn Bible stories right alongside of them. And my mind was just blown with the truth that I was learning from this teacher right alongside these kids. And eventually there, I did discover that there was a Jesus who loved me just the way I was. And I began a relationship with him. So we went to that church for several years, um, really didn't get to know anybody, really didn't want to. We kind of went in, did our thing, and left. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I did get to know one individual, um, this one person in the kids' ministry that um, I served alongside of. And one Sunday she came in and told me um, that the church we were attending was starting another church in the city of Loveland where I live i'm sorry, that sounds terrible, <laughs> um, so anyways, I said, um, you know, we live right down the street from there, so let me know um, when it opens up. She was going to leave and go be the children 's pastor there, so she since she was the only person I knew, I thought we should check it out. So when it opened, um, we started attending that church, and I began to volunteer in children 's. I met another person there, and she was a mom who I served with, and she always invited me to attend this small group with her and her husband and she would ask me week after week. Eventually, I gave in. Um, didn't really know what a small group was. Heard him talk about it a lot in church. Felt a little guilty, like I should probably, you know, go, and it probably— is the next thing that we should do in our walk. So my husband and I went to the small group one night with our kids. Again, we were very apprehensive; thought it would be a bunch of weird Christians doing I don't know what. But we went, and again, we were pleasantly surprised. Um, the people weren't that weird; they're actually very nice. Um, and the couple that led um, that small group were um, Pastor Ben and his wife Jill. So that's how we met them. And out of that small group, that handful of couples that were involved there were the ones that ten years ago um, helped start this church and get this church off the ground. Um, None of us were qualified. Um, We were all just willing to jump in, except for Ben and Jill, they were qualified. We were willing to jump in and help them in any way that we could. And it's been, you know, kind of an amazing journey since then um, for the last 10 years. Um, Through scripture and through history, um, God uses the most unlikely unqualified people um, to do his work in this world. And I am here to tell you that he cares more about your willingness than he does your qualifications. Now um, every day he gives us opportunities to engage the story that he's writing for our lives and the lives of the people around us. All we have to do is just take one step in the direction that he's calling us to. Um, I see this again and again in the lives of the kids that we serve in India. Um, we have a picture that I want to share with you that you can put up on screen of um, these children that we serve. Like I said, it's an orphanage over there, a girl's home, and a church planning ministry. And there are 36 beautiful discarded children who live bold Christian lives in a country where less than two percent of the population is Christian, in a country where um, Christians are persecuted, sometimes killed for their faith. These girls go outside of that campus to school every day, looking a little different, um, talking a little different, Their values are very different, yet God uses them as a bright example um, every day in their lives. Um, So let's go ahead and take a look in the Bible at some other unlikely people that God used. Um, This is a Bible story that um, you're probably all familiar with, even if you don't read the Bible a lot. You probably heard about the time when Jesus took a small amount of fish and bread and fed 5,000 people, Um, Scholars actually say it was more like 15,000 people because that um, back then in that point in time, um, women and children were not counted when they recorded things. Um, Another interesting story, um, another interesting piece about this story is that this is the only miracle um, besides the resurrection that's recorded in all four gospels. So to me, um, that makes me think that God wants us to take note of this story. So we're going to take a look at this story in the telling, uh, in the book of Mark, Mark 6. So if you have a Bible or you have a Bible app, you can go ahead and get that out um, and follow along in Mark 6, 34 through 44. If you don't, um, you can follow along on screen and I'm just going to dive in and read it. Um, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place they said and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. "'But he answered, "'You give them something to eat.' "'They said to him, "'That would take more than a half year's wages. "'Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? "'How many loaves do you have?' he asked. "'Go and see.' When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men... Who had eaten was five thousand. So let's just kind of dive into this. Um, One of the things that you need to know is prior to this event, Jesus and the disciples themselves had gone all over, um, sharing the the hope of God's kingdom. They were performing miracles. um, They were healing people. So word had gotten out about all the powerful things that were going on around them. So when Jesus landed and stepped out of that boat, can you imagine? the faces that he was looking at in that crowd of 15,000. They were probably people that were sick. They were probably people who had incurable diseases. Um, Families probably brought their loved ones in hope that Jesus could do something about it. Um, You know, Jesus saw them. He had compassion on them. He began to teach them. He began to minister to them and heal them. So it says that it got, you know, this went on and on with that that amount of numbers. You can imagine how long this would take. And in, in our verses here, it says it got to be late in the day. And that's when the disciples came to him and said, hey, you know, you need to stop what you're doing. Stop talking. These people are getting hungry. They were probably hungry. And he said, let them go find something to eat. But let's take a look at verse 37. And and Jesus' response, it says, But he answered, you give them something to eat. That phrase, you give them something to eat, is used in three of the um, Bible tellings of this story, three of the four. It says, you give them something to eat. So I think that's something that God wants us to take notice of. Um, The disciples are in this situation. They bring Jesus this problem, and then he tells them to do something about it. He tells them, do something about this give them something to eat. Um, so often we find ourselves in this situation, don't we, where we have this problem in front of us. Um, we, maybe we have this person that's a problem in front of us that we bring to God, and we ask him to fix it. Um, we ask him, you know, do something about it, when really he's telling us, you need to do something. You need to do something. Um, so often I see this when I work in missions with people. Um, they see the magnitude of the problem that's in front of them, and because they can't do everything, they choose to do nothing. Um, God never calls us to do everything. He doesn't call us to fix everything, but he does call us to do the one thing in that moment that can activate something. God calls us to do the one thing that will activate something. Do you know who it was that activated the miracle that day? Um, In the book of John's telling of this story, it tells us in John 6 that it was a small boy. The one kid who wasn't even counted that day, Jesus used to activate a miracle and feed 15,000 people. Do you think that in a crowd of 15,000 people, there wasn't more food in that crowd? There were people that had food to share in that crowd or to give to the disciples. But this small, uncounted boy was the only one that was willing to do the one thing to help. And Jesus used this child that wasn't even worth counting that day. Um, I have an example of this story um, from India that I want to share with you. Um, I have a picture to show you. And a couple pictures here. And on the left-hand side of this picture, um, you'll see on the left there, that is Pastor James who leads the girls' home there and the church planning ministry. And this is him. Um, Some of you may have heard this story. I know the people who sponsor this girl are here today, so they definitely know this story. But this little baby here is baby Hannah. And this is a picture taken with Pastor James right after he literally saved the life of this little baby. Um, one of his pastors in his network was out in the mission field one day in a remote village, and he was um, sharing the gospel with the people there, and that in itself is dangerous. Um, but he heard this noise, saw this big crowd of people, and went over to check it out to see what was going on. And shortly, he discovered that they were taking this newborn baby outside of the village to end its life, to throw it in a river, because, simply because it was born female. Um, That pastor froze, had no idea what he should do. He knew that he'd probably get killed if he would engage it. So eventually he called Pastor James, and Pastor James calmed him down and said, you've got to go into that mob and beg for that baby. And so this pastor had a choice. He could do the one thing that would change this child's life forever, or he could choose to do nothing, because that was a definite huge problem in front of him. But he engaged it. He went into the mob. He you know, begged, let us have this child. We'll take it back to the girl's home. The mother was in the crowd, and she also begged, let him have the baby, let him have the baby, and they did. Um, this picture on the right is a picture of Hannah that I got a few months ago. And Hannah has been adopted by a missionary family, She goes out into the mission field with her parents and her siblings and shares the hope of Jesus all over India. And not only does she share the gospel, but she shares her powerful story of rescue and redemption um, to anyone in India who will listen. Think about the Bible story that we just read. In a day and age when most people didn't travel further than 30 miles from their home in a lifetime, These uneducated fishermen, this one tax collector that we call disciples, traveled all over the world turning it upside down. This one little kid who wasn't even worthy to be counted that day, Jesus used to activate a miracle that we're still talking about thousands of years later. Um, We have opportunities every day to be a part of what God's calling us to in our lives and in the lives of others, but we just have to be willing to do the one thing. Um, Another story that I have that is a great example of willing hearts and willing people just happened um, a few days ago. Um, I was sitting on my back deck, um, working on my computer, received an email from Pastor James. Um, I have a picture of a couple girls that he sent me along with their story here. Um, On the left hand side are two sisters, and um, on the left, her name is Chinju, and Arathi is on the right hand side. He was telling me how they live in a shack um, with their father, who's paralyzed and bedridden. And you can see that picture of him that he sent me um, on the right hand side. They lived in a remote area. He said there wasn't any streets leading back to it, sidewalks, anything like that. It was very remote. Um, But their father was a daily wage worker. And basically what that means is in India is you go out and you find whatever kind of physical labor you can that day, and you make about $3 a day. And that's what he did to support his two daughters. Well, one day when he was trimming um, some branches for someone up in a tall tree, he fell out of the tree onto his back and broke his spine and became paralyzed. And in that moment, he could no longer provide for his girls. He could no longer protect them from the elements. And um, their situation was deteriorating very quickly. But this father, even though he was bedridden and in a remote place, um, reached out to anybody who, he, you know, came his way asking if they could find some help for his girls. Um, someone eventually in that remote area got word to Pastor James. And so he went and investigated this for himself and saw the situation and knew it was, was very extreme and that he needed to do something. So that night I received this email um, from him asking if I would consider... Finding, um, seeing if I could find sponsors for these two girls so that he could financially take them in. He said they were probably, most likely, going to end up in a Muslim orphanage. So I emailed him back right away and said, "Absolutely, take them in. I'll do my best to find out um, what I could do to find a sponsor for them." And and back in February when I launched that child sponsorship program here, um, there was about 32 girls, and in one day we were able to find sponsors for all of them. It was amazing. But I had a lot of conversations. That day, with people that said, you know, I probably won't do it now. I might do it sometime in the future. I can't do it now. Maybe I'll be able to in the future. So I wrote those names down. And that night, I got that list out and I immediately emailed those people. And I said, um, you know, I told them a little bit about the situation and I said, please pray about it. And if you feel God leading you, let me know right away if you're interested in sponsoring one of these girls. And sitting on my back deck, within an hour, I had an email back from someone sponsoring the first girl. And by the morning, I had another email, and both girls were sponsored. It was one of those moments where I knew I was just sitting there doing very little and just being a part of what God's doing in this world. Not only did God find sponsors for those girls, but these um, women who responded back to me are two of the most spirit-filled, wise women that I know that will be pouring into these girls' lives. Um, and I cannot wait to show you um, pictures of them with a smile on their face as they begin to be transformed um, as, as we speak. Um, they're being brought to James um, and to the girls' home over there, and he'll invest in their lives and share with them about the hope that they can have in Christ. Um, So all of this happened just because a lot of people had willing hearts. Um, The father, you know, begged someone to help him. That one individual somehow got word to Pastor James. Pastor James came to me and asked if I would consider it, and I came to Four Corners, and the people that God were calling actually responded and moved. Um, What opportunities do you think that God has placed in front of you um, that you've held back from? If you're like me, probably hundreds, probably hundreds. Um, God gives us opportunities every day if we open our eyes, everywhere we go, the grocery store, in our house, in our school. Um, He gives us opportunities to engage the story that he's writing. They're his gifts to us. Um, What we do with those opportunities are our gifts back to him. So let's take um, our Connect card out and figure out what is the next um, step that we can take. What's the one thing that we can do um, today together to activate something? Um, They explained a little bit about how um, the Connect card works. So um, what we're going to do today is kind of look at what we've looked at in the Bible, and what I've shared with you from India, and we're going to figure out how we can do the one thing this week, um, and in a practical way that God's calling us to. Um, Some of you people sitting here might be in the same place that I was in um, all those years ago, when I was walking around just being, um, you know, lost, having that void in my life, Um, and you, I'm here to tell you that the only person that can fill that up is Jesus, Um, This um, step for you is an eternal um, change in your life, and so if that's you today, go ahead and mark next step A, and we won't, you know, knock on your door or do anything weird. We'll just send you an email that will explain, you know, what commitment you're making today, and we'll celebrate with you in the heavenlies um, for this decision you made. Now, some of us are sitting here and we've been Christians for a while and we've never been baptized. Um, Maybe today you need to choose next step B. And um, I I know long ago, I became a Christian at that church, and it was a long time before I decided to become baptized. It was actually my son um, begging to be baptized first, and I thought, you know what, if he's already passed me up spiritually, I better get a move on. So um, we got baptized together, me and my husband and my son, and it was an amazing day. So, uh, you know, Jesus got baptized in the Bible to show us an example that it's something that we need to do in our walk with Christ. So if that is you, mark next step B, and someone will be in contact with you, and we'll just give you the dates of the baptisms that are coming up and explain to you what it all means. Um, some of you need to check next step C, and just simply memorize this week, Mark six thirty seven but he answered, you give them something to eat. You need to memorize this to remind yourself that Jesus looks to us to do his work in this world. Um, Next step D, I'm going to look for one opportunity this week to do the one thing that will activate something. Um, God is going to place opportunities in front of us this week, and if you want him to open your eyes to that, check this, and we will pray later that he opens your eyes to all the opportunities that he's give, giving you this week, whether it's, you know, in your home or at your job or in your marriage or in your relationship with your parents or your kids or maybe in your finances. Um, maybe you, it's just something as simple as looking up from your phone and noticing the people that are in front of you and letting them know that they have value and worth. So if that's you, check next step, D. And then finally, um, the last thing that I'm really excited about and have been praying about, and actually the girls in India are praying for this message as we speak in these cards. Um, I'm going to use a Real Love Now outreach card this week. Remember in my story I told you about that small little pumpkin left on our doorstep with an outreach card. Um, You have some of these on your seats in that packet of paper. So if you check this, take one of these cards and look for an opportunity this week to show God's love in a practical way. There's so many ways, creative ways that you can do this, and I would love to hear what you end up doing, Um, so make sure and let me know, or use the hashtag RealLoveNow and post it and let us know. Um, You could take this card today, and as you go out and have lunch and you sign that check, leave a big tip and leave this card. Um, on the back of it, it just has our website, and there's a little bit of space there, so you could write a note, like, thank you for serving us. Um, maybe you're going to, like me, and you're going to run through fast food um, window. You could take this card, and you can pay for the person behind you's meal, and leave this card with the worker, and just write a little note on there, like, enjoy. Um, there's so many things you can do with this card. Um, Maybe, you know, you could bake some cookies for someone and leave the card with them. Um, Do an outreach to your local fire department or police station. There's just a million things you can do. So take this card and um, be that, that step in someone's life like someone was in mine that left that card that day that made a significant change in my future. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for... All of the opportunities that you place in front of us every day, um, I just pray, Father, over these cards. I pray over these hearts and these seats. I pray that the stories that they heard today would just um, settle deep in their soul and would inspire them um, to just open our eyes and to be willing to your work in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And um, we are so blessed, Lord, to know you. Um, we are so blessed that you pursue us relentlessly um, with your purposes and with your kingdom. Father, help us today to just walk away from this place changed a little bit by you and changed a little bit by your people. It's in Jesus' precious name that we beg of these things and we glorify you and honor you. It's in his name we pray. Amen.